welcome to another episode of Black Girl Fly. I'm your girl, Tanisha Nicole. And I'm Deshaunna Dixon. And today we're doing a part two on one of the heated discussions that we had. <laughs> you guys will see and hear that we definitely had some disagreeing factors in, in this episode. Right. I mean, we disagree sometimes, but I think that was probably one of the more heated of our disagreements. So I was a little bit shocked and I think we both wanted to revisit this to try to see like what what exactly was triggering us in that and really try to unpack that for you guys. Yeah. So of course, if you guys haven't caught it, this is the episode about black hair. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yes. So we're delving into black hair, specifically black women's hair, because that's the perspective and experience that we can speak from. But I think one of the shocking factors um, that came up on the last episode is that Tashana was sharing that we spend one point five trillion on a year. A year, every year on black hair care. And that number is apparently very similar to the amount of black wealth yes. generated. So every on year. a yearly basis, the African-American community spends as How much. much we spend, right. No, no, no. Not as much as we spend, as much as we've been able to accumulate in wealth. In, in one year. And I, I was trying to find those numbers before we got started, but I, I couldn't find them. So, But that's something we had talked about, I think, in season one as well. And so, yes, the fact that those two numbers are very similar is still very shocking to me. Yeah. But I think what that leads us to kind of talk about is like how much value, right, are we putting on our hair? And clearly it's (laughs) 1.5 trillion worth of every year. But what does that mean, right, in the larger scale? And so... I think that was one of our contention points is like, what exactly does this say about us? Yeah. And is that the narrative? Yeah. And for me, it was more important. And I want to make sure you understood this is that I was couching it in the idea that as a collective community, we only have saved that much thus far. And so when you compare that number, so it's it's like if you're translating this to your daily life, it's like the fact that you'll put $100 a month into your retirement plan, which is supposed to support you when you can't work, but you're going to spend $300 a month on your hair. Right. Like what okay. is that saying about us as a people and where we think our value lies? Yeah. And, 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 and that for me, by the way, can get into the whole, whole sexualization of black women. And, and just, I mean, it does. It goes <laughs> deep because I think that we don't realize that in anyone, what we concentrate on is what we grow. Right. And so if we believe that our hair is this important, what is it really that is telling us that or that makes us believe that? Yeah. And I think I struggle with this one because I think that hair can be used as a tool mm-hmm. for women to get what we want. And so I think that's probably why I'm I'm trying to defend it because But I think that's an important like, part. So is this an investment into your future? I right. When you say an investment in your retirement versus an investment in your hair, I'm like, they're one and the same to me. <laughs> you could be I, I could investing in your future husband <laughs> with your hairdo. I could see, but that, but is that something? So I'll, I'll say two things. One is I can completely see that. I know that I've been in situations where I felt like my hair dictated my level of professionalism. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in turn, if you pay attention to that, that 
does then result in my ability to earn earn more money. Right. And so that was something that has played a very critical role. And so I guess I would go down that path, but I would say to that point, what should we be teaching? Is there maybe another focus that we could use to potentially offset the future costs of our hair expense? <laughs> like, like, no, seriously, can we have an right. education campaign that says that I am right. not as smart as how white my hair is <laughs> versus, you know. Well, I don't know. There, I was watching the Marilyn Monroe, uh, <laughs> the Marilyn Monroe like documentary or something. I think it was on Lifetime. I watched it on YouTube. This is completely unrelated, by the way. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting on it. I'm waiting on you to get there. It's a slight tangent. But she said, it takes a pretty smart brunette to play a dumb blonde. Because you know she's originally brunette, mm-hmm. right? And I'm just like, there's something to, right? Like, yeah. I think that there is a little bit something more to this than is on the surface. I'm going to take it the other way. <laughs> Superhead. She wrote mm-hmm. a book about how in order to be in the area where she could meet the men who could bankroll her, mm-hmm. she had to dress a certain way. She had to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. And that did not include, she was saying she was paying thousands of dollars to go to these dinners, but she lived in a uh, broke down apartment and drove a Hyundai. I'm not saying Hyundai's bad, but I got it's a cheaper. Hyundai day. <laughs> But but she said, though, she said that I had to make the investment to be where those people are and to look the part in order to be in the right predicament to get the opportunities that she was looking for. Right. And and that and that is exactly where my head is. And so when when we were having the conversation about value, to me, it's not about value. Like I, I hesitate to use that word. It's more about like, what is your goal? What is it that you're trying to achieve? Like if. Your goal is not to marry rich. I don't recommend you spend thousands of dollars. You know, because <laughs> broke people don't care, right? <laughs> right. You do no, not need so, that. So to I think that's a good point, and, and to me, that kind of goes into a little different area. It's about at the end of the day, just like your vision board, just like all the things that you're setting up. I, I hear a little definition that you're defining something there. You're defining mm-hmm. how your hair plays a role in the rest of your life. Yeah, I think in your vision, right? In your goals and your outcomes. And right, we talked about the budget being the same thing. Like it is a tool for you to get to your vision. And I think hair, your clothes, how you carry yourself, all of those things are tools to get you to your end goal, which, you know, should be on your vision board. But so what do we do long term? Should we keep the expectation that as an African-American community, we only save 1.5 trillion, but we spend 1.5 trillion? Like, so so the yeah. thing that we always said in, in the show is that we wanted to make sure that we are focusing on the solutions. So right, how do we right. get out of this? Because if we stay at this pace, we're going to outspend our ability to generate wealth, Right. Well, well, I don't know, because, you know, I think about wealth a few different ways. A lot of people, I mean, there is a huge misconception that people save their way to wealth. Mm -hmm. And that is not always necessarily true. Some people actually buy their wealth. And by that, I mean, you know, in one generation, you can have, you can make, I don't know, a million dollars, right? You can spend all of that one million dollars. But if you had a very nice, generous life insurance policy worth a million dollars, guess what? When you die, you can now pass on a million dollars. And so I think that we need to really think about the different ways to generate wealth. And it's not always by accumulation or saving 
or you know, you know, leveraging the stock market, what have you. It there are other ways. So, to get so to I get it. that. So, I guess what I'm asking you is, is keeping that in mind is that you do at the end of the day, you can be a person that chooses to generate more wealth. You can spend more, but that to me still says that there's some kind of equilibrium or some kind of budget in place for how much you spend on your hair versus how much you spend on other things. So for me, this is really coming back to, we still have this problem. We have this problem that we are not saving as much as we are spending on hair. Simplest breakdown yeah. of the problem. I mean, and what you just said was that you don't want to think about this in as if money is finite for individuals. I get that. You want to think about having opportunity, but how do you couch that? How do you? What do you say to your kids, future kids, one day, about how much they spend on hair versus how much they spend on everything else? What's the lesson? I mean, I think this is also kind of one of the tension points that we were getting to on the last episode is like, I don't think that it's so prescriptive like that. Like, I think because we're all very different, our budgets are going to look very different. Like when I lived in D.C., I spent a lot of money on going out and networking. And now that I'm in Charlotte, like and in the Corona's. That line item is zero. I think it depends on who you are as an individual and where you are in life, the things that you prioritize and deprioritize in your budget. So to you, it still goes back to your vision. Yeah, I do. I think it's aligned with with that, right? Like I was trying to meet a lot of people, so I was spending a lot of money in that area. It just depends, right? Like I hate to use that cop-out answer, but I think for me, the answer is that it depends. Depends on what? On your goals, right? Like, what is it that you're trying to accomplish? So is it, I hate not know you hate these close-ended questions. <laughs> I know. But you know I don't like it, asking direct questions. Is it acceptable <laughs> for a person to only make a thousand bucks and to spend $200 you know, a month on weave? It depends. <laughs> so there could be a scenario. Like, I really don't know what else is in their budget. I think really the core of what I'm trying to get at is like we both believe in the building blocks. Like there are a subset of things that need to be in place. That would be car insurance if you have a car. That would be homeowners or renters insurance if you have, right, if you live somewhere on your own. It would be health insurance. Health insurance. It would be making sure this is a key one but that your living expenses are 50% or less of your like, you know, income for the month. So you agree that if your budget fits into that realm, it's acceptable. Yes. But I think you got to define what living expenses are. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So, but you may not be paying rent. Right. So I think you have to, you got to play within those numbers, but I think we can both agree on that template. But beyond that, I want to give people the freedom and flexibility to do what they need to do. Yeah. So second solution point that I'm looking for. So I'm going to take this back to you, but I was really trying to think about how can we change this? How can we change the narrative? I think it is great in today's society. We have to acknowledge that your appearance matters. It, it communicates to people how you feel about yourself, your capabilities, where you are in life, all of these things, right? And how they will treat you. Exactly. And so how do we, on the other side of that, know that there is this vice, is this area of beauty that we have to, at the current point in time, spend a lot of money on. Um, it's expensive. So so what do we do proactively to get out of that? 
I, I think the biggest thing that I've seen, especially like in the South a lot, is I've seen this huge movement towards natural hair. Now, I don't think that natural hair is actually cheaper than <laughs> any other type of hair, but I can say that it is caught on. So if I'm thinking about how to communicate to the masses or how to change an opinion, mm-hmm. I would take what I've seen there and like the socializing of different hairstyles or, mm-hmm. or appearing or, or, or gaining more visibility has really created this movement towards more natural hair. What could you do about lessening the expenses? Do it yourself. <laughs> DIY, I think is the way like now they make this gel polish you don't even need the light you can do your nails at home I think corona has forced a lot of people to learn how to do a lot of things on their own and has inherently made things cheaper you know now they got they got some really nice looking wigs (laughs) I'm like you don't need to get a sew in right you don't need to buy bundles or whatnot and with Amazon Mm -hmm. and all other things too it's made it kind of cheaper right I mean we got um, all these Chinese manufacturers that we have direct access access to. So, I mean, I think that you can do whatever you want. If it's natural, if it's not natural, do whatever you want. If cost is a concern, find ways to make it cheaper. But if cost is not a concern, do you, boo? Yeah. So I heard a couple of things in that. I don't know if you heard, but one is education. Education, I think, is always one of our our answers. How can you do this? But I think the first step of that education is I, I hate to say it because I think you're going to disagree, but boo, you can't afford it if it don't <laughs> if it don't meet it. So, and it's I not that you can't have that I don't look. Have that Hold in on, my though. vocabulary. So it's not that you don't have that look, but it's that you find another means to make it happen. If you yeah. are a person who likes gel polish and you used to go to the nail salon every week to get your nails done, mm-hmm. look at this new brand that came out. They're supposed to be competitive, and it's going to cost you thirteen dollars for the bottle right. <laughs> versus going to that spend thirty dollars a week. Uh, to get to, yeah, so I get it, but that's what I would go with it. I know you hate <laughs> resolutions and and all yeah. that. But. I mean, I I don't hate resolutions. I just hate like forming our brain to think that we can't have something if we just don't have it right now. You know what I mean? And I really have a visceral reaction to that because that is where the Dave Ramsey mindset got me, and it was not a productive place to be. I wasn't happy at all. Um, because it was just so limiting and in limiting my thinking, like financially, I really ended up limiting myself like entirely, you know, but but I think there's a difference. I think that that. what, what we do by saying you can have it and you can have it all is sometimes we don't get that ideal of immediate gratification now it's not that you can't have it right now it's just you have to find a way a means to make that happen yes. I've, I've heard other people who who think more abundant speak about hey anytime i want to get a new bill i get a new asset that pays for that bill amen i think it's no different than that but it is setting up that there's a hurdle that you get right. through for you to be able to experience this or to have this but i but i would like us to preach more about that like yeah. for us to to speak about these assets and how to get them so that we can dot, dot, dot. I, I think that is what needs to be taught. Not, I mean, yeah, you need to have a handle on things and understand what's going on in your current financial state. But that, think of that as a starting point, right? A jumping off point to so much more. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I can agree with that. And 
Yeah, I was thinking about just our, we did an episode about all the financial gurus. In order for me to get to Robert Kiyosaki, I had to get through Dave, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And and so I just don't, I want to be cognizant that everybody's not at the level where I could tell you, hey, you want your weave? Go go get an asset that'll give you that (laughs) extra $300. That's true. And so from the start, I I guess that's what I'd say. There's, There's building blocks to it. You can't have it now, maybe. But you can't have it not later. yet. Not yet. Yeah, I'll take yeah, that. I'll take not, not yet. yet. <laughs> okay. So I don't think we are much different than we thought we were. No, um, we here. weren't. We weren't. But I think we were having some communication <laughs> issues. <laughs> the last one. But no, I mean, I appreciate the dialogue. And it's okay not to agree. But I think it's important to know why we don't agree. Exactly. Right. Yeah. To delve deeper. And you might find that you're not that different after all. You're just kind of speaking past each other. So, y'all, I encourage you, again, to hashtag have the conversation. <laughs> Bring that back. <laughs> right. Until and next time. I'm Tanisha Nicole. And I'm Shonda Dixon. And, and we, we are Black Girl Fly. Fly.